I can see. I really should have opened this up with a Michael Jackson song. Wow. What Probably. <laughs> um. Uh. I'm trying to think of something they didn't do in the in the thing already. Whatever. Fuck it. Welcome to this very special episode of Glee. This is the Michael Jackson tribute episode. You know, it's, it's sort of surprising that it took them three seasons to do this, considering we got a couple other tributes like Madonna and uh, a little bit of Stevie Nicks, some some. Uh, Lady Gaga, and now we're finally at the King of Pop. Um, I was super excited when this episode came out because, as I've mentioned on the podcast before, my mother is a gigantic, ginormous, like, her Michael Jackson is my Beyonce. Like, she grew up with him. She loves all the stuff that he does, and so, therefore, I also grew up with him, and so I was super excited to see the cast of Glee break down some of these classic, iconic songs. And of course, I am not alone here. I am joined by Matt. How are you today? I am good. Of course, I am just, you know, uh, we've talked about Michael before. They just did Michael back in the sectionals episode in the last or the first half of this season. And, you know, we talked a little bit about him and about how I was not a huge big fan of uh, Michael Jackson growing up just because I really didn't have like anybody around me like your mom uh, was with you, you know, playing his music and really kind of putting him into my life in that way. So it was later on in life and maybe even around this time of uh, maybe, well, no, not this time. I mean, well, what year did he die? 2009 or? Yeah, 2009. Wow, nailed it. It's been 11 years. Nailed it. Um, Yeah, so it was somewhere around, unfortunately, around his death where I started to like really get into his music because obviously his name was coming up a lot more around then for obviously sad reasons. But point being that uh, the Glee tribute episodes actually like do a good service to people like me with Madonna, with Michael, where I don't, you know, they, they weren't, su- they weren't people that I, I had such a familiarity with, but by bringing their music into the show in this way, like it has had an opportunity for me to hear their music in one way. And then also, you know, now when I hear Michael songs out in the wild, I just, I'm like, Oh, I know that song and I can hear it and appreciate it for, you know, what he did Mm -hmm. with all that stuff. So doesn't, you don't have to be a big fan to appreciate it is uh, what I'm trying to get at in a long winded way. Did you, well, did you ever go and actually check out some of these artists? I know that I'm guilty of like just, hearing something on Glee for the first time, but not necessarily checking out the artist because I just appreciate the Glee version. That's what I'm saying. Like, I definitely, uh, well, like, my number one, I always will appreciate the Glee version. I, I take that over, like, even, like, a Gaga song. I'll take a Glee version over a Gaga song. I have to be in the mood for whatever oh, wow. it is. Just, it, it depends, you know, most of the time. But It really does just depend on what you hear first some of the time, you know? Because mm-hmm. you really can't change your brain to, into liking something else because your brain is always going to perceive it as this is the cover, even though you heard the real cover first. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just the, like the fact that Glee covered all these songs, it made me aware of all of these songs. So now if I'm out and whether it's like, you know, out, uh, out for a night out or whether you're just in a mall and a Michael Jackson song starts playing and you can be like, Oh my God, I know that song. And I like that song. And, uh, it's, you know, introduced to you in a way that you never might've had it any other way. I don't know. So, (laughs) well, 
we're going to start this episode off with Santana, Kurt, Blaine, and Mercedes talking about how the only reason the New Directions won was because that clown judge was high as a kite, and you also got to do Michael, and that's just, you know, it's like, it's like you know, it's like, it's like taking steroids as an athlete. Like, doing Michael for a show choir competition is just, like, it's, just, it's like a cheat. Um, and Blaine is going to make the point, well, you know, guys, we really should consider going to the Cirque du Soleil show because it's going to be here in June for Columbus. Why don't we all go? Mercedes is like, no, you don't understand. Like, I love Michael Jackson, but I, I don't want to see a Michael Jackson show. I want to be the Michael Jackson show. Uh, Mr. Shu is going to approach them, you know, wondering if everything is okay. And Mercedes is just like, look, like, we are, we are so glad to be back in New Directions, but we're kind of upset that you guys did Michael without us. And now what are we going to do now? And Mr. Shoes, well, well, you know, we might actually do it. I've been thinking about doing some more Michael, so you might actually get that chance. And Blaine is going to say, well, for the meantime, I know exactly what Michael Jackson song we should start with. And we're going to go directly into the first performance of the song, Wanna Be Starting Something. Yes, and I also wanted to say, um, the you were, you were saying earlier before we got started about how uh, you're surprised it took them this long to get to a Michael episode. They definitely had been planning it for a while. There's, uh, you know, a couple of things you can read online about how they wanted to do this episode uh, since, like, you know, for a while. They they knew they always wanted to do this, but I think they knew that they wanted to, like, nail it and get it 100% right because it was a pretty important tribute episode. Um, and there's yeah. also a comment on the Wikipedia page where it says that Leah Michelle says that this was her least favorite to shoot, maybe because A is not all about her, but no, uh, really, she's, well, apparently she said because it was, like, really hard and the cast felt so much pressure to get it right, so uh, it wasn't as fun to shoot as some of the other episodes have been, so I don't know if that means yeah, anything. Yeah, people... People take their Michael Jackson seriously, that's for sure. Michael is a big fixture in a lot of people's lives. He was just such a huge icon. I think to this day still has the number one selling album of all time. So, yeah. And this song is from that album, Thriller. Yeah. Uh, Want to be starting something is one of my favorite Michael Jackson songs because I just love how high energy it is and I love how it continues to build with each and every chorus. I actually have a special memory of this song. This part isn't in the episode because, you know, they, they truncate some of the songs. But this song is about a, a good solid five minutes because it's like a whole breakdown instrumental part towards the end. And there's a part where the ensemble that recorded with Michael, the beat will drop out and they'll go like, hee-haw. And I never noticed it until my mom pointed it out because we were in the car and the song came on and she turned the radio up sky high. And so we're literally going down the freeway and the car is bouncing because my mother is just like in the front seat like uh, 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 uh. and when we got to the he high part i swear to god that car got airtime that that car got airtime we almost got killed because my michael could not stop dancing <laughs> this song i stand so your mom I so hard this song with it <laughs> she loves michael like she does not play <laughs> so I, I i love this song yeah this one's really good it's a good it's a fun way to start off anytime that there's no uh here's what you missed on glee you know that it's going to be a jam-packed episode we're getting right into a number here and i do find it very funny that the three girls mercedes santana and Brittany, are all like yeah we're so sad we didn't get to do michael and then the way that they're going to go about this next is Blaine saying like, oh, I have an idea how we can get Michael back in here. Let me start this song and I'll take the lead here and let me sing Michael yeah. while you guys do some background vocals. I was like, I don't know if that's what they were going for. They kind of wanted to do Michael on their own, but you do you, Blaine. Yeah. Let us go in yeah, here. I just say that the trouble tones get one number like goddamn. Right. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, I totally get what you guys mean. One of these. Yeah. And <laughs> they go to the library. They're, ha they're having a great time with this, which is so funny. Like when you just 
take it as like a glee number how they you know they're in the hallway and then they end up in the library and they pick up the rest of the glee kids who are magically going to join in because they totally knew what song was coming up here and then they end up mm-hmm. in the auditorium and everybody's in their michael outfits and just a great opening yes yes when are we starting something is that bitch okay and i love that we right before the title card hits we get a little flash of blaine's michael jackson glove so pretty strong opening i mean this is the opening track of thriller so i guess it just it, it fits that it's the opening track of the michael jackson episode so mm-hmm. off to a great start um finn is going to approach rachel in the hallway later on and it's been exactly three days since he asked her to marry him and she said that she needed three days to think about it so he wants an answer and rachel's like you know finn i know that you want an answer but i just feel like i can't come up with an answer on a deadline this is not you know, about whether or not we should get a dog or whether or not we should get a fish or whether or not we should, you know, we are talking about marrying each other. Like, come on. And she also doesn't understand why everything is happening so fast. She kind of, like, doesn't know why this is sort of coming out of the blue with him. And everything is about to change, and it's just a little bit strange. Finn is like, well, look, if we make this decision to go to New York together, I can't imagine why we would think that marriage would be any easier there than it would be here. And I just want to anchor this moment in time because everything is about to change in our lives. And I just want us to remember how we feel in this exact moment. And these engagement rings are specifically for that. Finch or Rachel kind of comes around and she's about to give him an answer. But Finn also comes around a bit in the in, in this uh, conversation. And he says, you know what? You're right, Rachel. Like, this is not something that you need to answer on a deadline so how about we just you know we just continue to take it slow and just you can take some more time to think about it to which is going to be a big relief for Rachel yeah it was a little awkward to you know uh, well it was a cliffhanger in the last episode but obviously everybody that was watching here was waiting as soon as this episode started you wanted to know what Rachel said turns out that yeah it's been three days and she still has not given him an answer which Finn uh, I know that you're not the brightest bulb but probably should tell you that she's not leaning towards a yes and uh, you would think that again in these three days like they would have had time to talk about it and, and say like maybe let's like let's take the question back for now and kind of figure out things where obviously like Finn's going at a much different speed than she is, uh, which is crazy because it seemed like the entire time that she was, she, it always felt like she was the one that was more into him. But then, like, if you really like dived deep into their relationship, it's like Finn was always saying all along how like she just inspires him and she moves him with every song she sings and performance she gives. Like he is just infatuated with her every step of the way. So, I mean, I guess you could definitely make the argument that both of them are equally as into the other as the other is um but it's they were definitely at different points when it came to this like rachel is ready to go to new york and ready to begin her broadway dreams and finn doesn't really know what his dreams are he just thinks that the answer for him is just rachel well you know rachel's answer is new york finn's answer is rachel that's what the plan is for the future so she's got to figure out a way to incorporate finn into the new york plans it just has not seemed all season long like the easiest task that she has ahead of her and it's not making it any easier that he is pushing her really you know fast into this one direction yeah that's never really a good sign in my opinion of relationships when someone when the priorities are different like when that person's main priority is you but your main priority is something more career-based or something like that like i just feel like both of you have to be bringing something to the table and i understand that some relationships actually thrive with that sort of dynamic where one person is like the breadwinner the one that's the ambitious person the other one is sort of like the one that is you know makes the home or whatever the hell whatever the hell you're calling it these days and some people sort of like that dynamic but 
I just don't know. We, I, I feel like we just don't know enough about these two characters, even though we've been with them for three seasons now. We don't know en- enough about them as adults and how they actually will handle being in a relationship in the real world and not within these walls. So Rachel's apprehension here is totally valid for me. And I think that I understand what Finn is trying to do. I understand like being in love or whatever. And I'm not one to like shit on high school love because there are people that have definitely met their significant others in high school, have married and have children and have happy lives. Some of them don't, but some of them do. So it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but I mean, homegirl wants to, she's trying to be the next Barbara. Okay. I just don't know if, you will fit into that. I mean, you've seen her planner. She's talked about it all summer. You know what's coming. Like, mm-hmm. is she going to have time for you? But, yep, that's where we're going to leave them. At the Lima Bean, some of the Glee kids are talking about their favorite MJ movies. Artie is a big-ass uh, MJ fan. Blaine is a big-ass MJ fan. But Rachel, not so much, which I thought was so fitting for her character. Like, she is the Broadway girl. And she's like, you know, I just don't really get him. I'm like, how do you not get him? He's the king of pop. What else is there to get, Rachel? Yeah. <laughs> and the kids are going to get, like you know, understandably defensive. Santana's going to be like, I would throw this uh, mocha in your face, but it's not nearly as scalding enough. It's just like, come on, like, it's Michael Jackson. Like, he's like one of the most iconic performers ever. The best-selling album of all time. His music is ubiquitous. It's just everywhere. You literally just did him last year at the halftime show. Like, what else is there to get? Sebastian is going to come in and overhear the conversation about doing Michael Jackson at regionals. He's going to be like, oh, you know what? That's not a good idea. You want to know why? Because we're doing Michael at uh, regionals. And you want to know why he knows that they're doing Michael Jackson at regionals and therefore he's doing Michael Jackson at regionals? It's because Blaine told him over the phone that they're doing Michael Jackson at regionals and was practically raving about it when Sebastian called him to uh, uh, ask him how to get red wine out of his blazer, which why would Blaine know how to do that? And second of all, how much red wine are you drinking that that's something that you have to know how to do? Like, mm-hmm. This scene is a lot of fun. I, it's like a very, you know, the the scenes in this episode are very like, scarce because it's it's a lot of songs in this episode there are a lot there's a lot of music here it's a michael jackson tribute episode they had a lot of music so the scenes in the middle like you want them to be good and they kind of do nail all of them if you ask me uh we'll, we'll talk about them obviously as we go but this one has so many great lines like uh with the first thing sebastian says hello blaine and everybody else like acknowledging that all he sees is blaine uh and then kurt makes a comment about like does he live here or something seriously like you were always here which is very funny because sebastian is always at the lima bean every time that they they go they can't escape sebastian being there uh and then when uh, sebastian finally recognizes that kurt's there i guess you know he he just saw blaine he's like oh i didn't recognize you you're wearing boy clothes for once a little little dig there and yeah. then santana to close this all out is gonna call him a twink and be like uh, all right twink it's time i show you a little lima heights hospitality uh and just a series of uh great lines from the writers there i love it all yeah, but he, he kind of shuts her down with a bit of a racist remark here, saying, like, unless you want to... Because she threatens to beat his ass. And he's like, well, unless my, da- my dad's an attorney, and unless you want to join the rest of your prison, or your, the rest of your prison, the rest of your relatives in prison, then I suggest that you uh, call it a day, which shuts Santana up. So Santana and Sebastian are kind of on the same wavelength. Both of them are very quick-witted and uh, not afraid to, to, you know, throw some words back and forth. Yeah. Um, but Sebastian is like, look, guys, like we're doing Michael. It is what it is. So you can either just forfeit now or like 
there's no alternative here. Right. And uh, let's let's jump into the deleted scene as well here. Nobody or there, I'm guessing a lot of you haven't seen this, but it is on YouTube if you want to watch it. There's a performance that happens of uh, I Want You Back from the Warblers that they all do. And it is like a couple of the New Directions kids go over to Dalton Academy to see this performance. I guess they got invited there. It's Santana, Blaine, Artie, Kurt and Rachel. I don't know if anybody else was there. Um, and at the end of this performance, like the, my takeaway from that was for First of all, it was a good number. They they looked and sounded good. And at the end of it, Sebastian calls Santana Shakira. So obviously, I know. like he was really laying it on thick. Obviously, trying to like like, but that's the thing. Like he's also gay. So why is he making queer jokes at Santana? Because he knows that she's a. It, he knows that it hurts her because she's not all the way there yet. But does it still? I mean, she's seems to be in a much better place than she was a couple episodes ago. I mean, I get it that that was like the. The thing about her at the time, but I still don't. Like, I feel like at this point, like she's holding hands with Brittany everywhere they go, and uh, you're not going to hurt her, buddy. Sorry. You have a good eye, Matt, because that would have been directly where this deleted scene would have been, and I didn't really. I was thinking about that where this would have fit into the episode, but I guess it would have taken place right after Lima. There must have been a line before that they just cut out of the scene where he's like, "How about you come on over? You guys don't believe that we're doing Michael? Let me let me show you." And so they follow him because it's everybody that was in the Lima Bean in the exact same outfits that they had on. So. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess did like did, did this thing to be deleted? I mean, I guess for time, yeah. I mean, I where where else can yeah. you cut out time from this episode? You don't need to like it's a it's a good performance, but like every other performance, I would have cut out Ben. To be honest, you say cut out Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like just ha- just show them go over to Blaine's apartment or house or whatever. Show them giving sympathy. Yada yada yada. He's mad about uh, missing Michael Week, but then just leave it at that. Like, I didn't really need the band performance because he's not even singing. Yeah. <laughs> They're just singing to him. I guess in terms of like the story, like furthering the Warblers versus New Directions maybe wasn't the most necessary because we already got that this rivalry was, is brewing at this point in the episode. But when you get to Ben, it's because we want to check in on Blaine and see how he's doing. So you probably would have had to cut that whole scene if you cut out Ben. That's true. I don't know. Oh, also an important note here is that um, Sebastian is going to tell them that he is now the captain of the Warblers and he is done playing nice. Because one would think, why are the Warblers so hell-bent on destroying the relationship that they have with Blaine? They loved him. You guys gave him all these solos. Unless you secretly hated him and you're glad that he's gone. <laughs> and now you want to ruin his life forever. But it was just, like, peculiar because you would think that there would be some sort of amicability there. And there isn't. But if Sebastian is the one that is the captain, he has completely just hijacked the culture of the Warblers. So they don't give a damn anymore. But, like, also, Sebastian, don't you like Blaine? Like, don't you want to like you guys talk on the phone like I, I imagine that there is some sort of attraction there and i feel like it's kind of fucked up that you are speaking with sebastian on the phone like i know that yeah. you don't intend on cheating with him but at the same time you know how he feels about you so why would you be on the f- it's just like blaine like you're really fucking up here when it comes to sebastian like i think that he wants him and yeah. it's just like <laughs> yeah these uh, phone calls really need to end uh, i'm sure kurt's not too happy with them in the first place and there's uh there's there's nothing to talk to Sebastian about. Like, what do you need? Daily Warbler updates? Like, follow them all on Twitter. Follow them on whatever Facebook it is at the time, and you, you'll get the updates on how they're go, how, how everything's going over there. I'm sure you're still in the group chats. I'm sure they haven't kicked you out of, like, the Facebook fan page or something. Like, you'll be okay. You don't need to get the uh, daily updates from uh, fr- from Sebastian. Yep. The uh, I guess the rest of the, um, of the Glee kids are going to get informed about what happens to the Lima Bean because the next day at school, Tina's talking about there has to be some sort of, like, show choir board that we can report them to. This is ridiculous. Like, they can't just be allowed to take our music and then do the same thing. Like, isn't there... Is it just, like, a lawless land when it comes to show choirs? Puck is going to make the remark that he doesn't feel comfortable 
you know, talking about this in front of Blaine because he was the one that told them in the first place what they were doing. And Finn's going to, you know, step in at the end of it all, as usual, and say, look, I don't think that we should be worried about the Warbirds. We just need to worry about, like, beating them. Like, let's stop worrying about trying to get back at them for right now. And Mr. Shu's going to agree. He's going to be like, look, I, I really feel like the theme this week should be, what would Michael do? Like, let's not, let's get ourselves in the right mindset. Let's not worry about getting back. Let's just get our heads on straight. And uh, that, that's the theme for this week. What would Michael Jackson do? Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids are going to have a couple of ideas and saying, like, he would fight back. Uh, Artie's going to talk about how uh, he fought back against MTV when they wouldn't air his Billie Jean video. And then after they actually ended up airing it, Thriller sold 10 million more copies. And Blaine is going to have a suggestion, you know what? I also think that Michael Jackson would take it to the streets. And that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to see the Warblers and the New Directions meet up in some parking garage. And they're going to duel here. And the winner of the duel is going to get the, uh, the privilege to perform Michael at regionals. And we get into our mashup performance of Bad. This is such an iconic uh, number. Another another one of many uh, in this season, in this episode. Just we have been, you know, we've, we've had a couple of Michael Jackson numbers throughout the show. But now that we're getting into the, you know, the tribute episode towards him, we're going to get some of these all out performances. Not that some of the other ones weren't like uh, Thriller, Heads Will Roll was great. And then the entire New Directional, New Directional, New Directions sectional number hmm. was, uh, you know, what was good. I liked it. You loved it. And uh, here we are just bad as like the first one here where I'm like, OK, this is good. Like, this is really good. You get Santana already and Blaine are obviously the ones that are like out in front of like they fit these songs better than pretty much anybody else and that's why they seem to like take the lead here so we have Artie in this one uh, also a little bit of Blaine and definitely a lot of Santana it's just like their voices fit this so well uh, this number is so much fun choreography from both sides and uh, everybody is just like it's a duel like that's like the best part of like Pitch Perfect like the, all those movies where uh, anytime that there's a duel like that's the like the best part of the uh, of, of the movies and the best part of of at least uh, this going on here. So it, it's, it's a lot of fun until, you know, the very end where we're going to end up seeing uh, one of the Warblers decide that uh, we're going to take a slushy and, you know, get Blaine or Kurt or whoever this was for. But of course, it's going to end up in Blaine's face and ruin all the fun that everybody just had. Yeah, this like just echoing all the things that you said. This is a fantastic number. It's also one of the music numbers that is sort of not a carbon copy of the uh, of the music video, but clearly taking elements from it with the shadows on the wall and the leather jackets and everything and bad was a controversial album what because well, do you ever know because you know how um prince and michael jackson had a bit of a rivalry going on one of the shadiest things that prince has ever said was when uh they were asking him about what he felt about uh michael jackson's bad album when it came out because that's also the name of the album and he said oh i think the only reason that it's called bad is because they f- couldn't fit the word terrible on the sleeve mm-hmm. So I always think about that when I hear this song, but really, really good performance. It's shot very, very well. Awesome choreography. I just kept tell I just couldn't help think, but like if the Warblers in the New Direction just decided to join and combine, you know, show choirs, they would be unstoppable. But obviously, that can't happen when you have fucking Sebastian throwing slushies with shit in it in uh, in people's faces. 
Um, and so, yeah, Blaine's going to get fucked up here. He's going to be in pain. And we're going to have, like, this dramatic shot of all of them leaving. And Blaine is, like, lying in a pool of red liquid. And <laughs> so, screaming, like, like, yeah, like, I don't want to scream into the mic, but, like, yelling at the top of his lungs like he just got, like, tasered or something like that. It's like he does not sound good. And this is mm-hmm. not, this is just not your ordinary slushy. You can tell pretty much right away that something something happened here. The kids get slushied all the time. They just kind of sit there and take it and, you know, wipe it off or, or whatever but this is like he's in pain yelling on the floor the next day at school Kurt is going to update everyone and let them know that the doctor said that his cornea is deeply scratched and he's probably going to have to have surgery and then Mr. Shoe's gonna be like oh my god in all my years as a student and a teacher I never knew slushies to do that much damage well bitch you don't do anything anyway even in the even with the regular ones so don't act all surprised now Finn's gonna be like no he put something in that slushie it wasn't a regular slushie he wanted to do that kind of damage Kurt says that Sebastian is evil. We really need to get back at him. This is crazy. And Mr. Shoe's going to be like, guys, calm down. Like we, 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 Me and Figgins, we spoke with Doton's administration. They're opening up an investigation. You guys have to let the system handle this one. Artie's like, no. Like, that's, no, I don't want to let the system handle this. And Mike Chan's going to be like, we should do an eye for an eye, which, you know, I think is kind of drastic. But Mr. Shoe's going to try and shut it down and say, like, no, I don't, you know, I don't condone any violence of any of any kind so you guys cannot try and get any sort of retribution but Artie is going to double down here he's gonna be like you know what we do we sing and that's all we ever do he's like i don't give a damn about regionals when mr shoes like don't you do you want to get expelled do you want to get suspended from regionals because that's what's going to happen if you try and get revenge Artie's gonna be like i don't know what you expect from us we're people like i know the rest of the world may not see us like that but when they tease us and throw stuff at us and toss us in dumpsters and tell us that we're nothing but losers with stupid dreams it freaking hurts and we're supposed to just turn the other cheek and be the bigger man by telling ourselves that those dreams and how hard we work make us a, make us better than them but it gets pretty damn hard to feel that way when they always get to win and mr shu is going to continue to try like calm him down here and say like i know how you feel but he's like no you don't know how it feels like i'm tired of hurting i want things to be better i don't want any that gets better crap i want things to be better i want them to feel my pain because frankly that's all i have left to give and mr shu is going to say i think you should take a break Artie." and then Artie is going to stand up (laughs) literally was your first reaction upon seeing this scene could you tell pretty pretty quickly that it was a dream sequence or were you like what the fuck like no you, you know that this is some kind of like you know something's happening here you're not like oh wow Artie magically can walk couldn't tell you my first reaction from like you know back in 2012 but uh it's i you know knew, knew what was coming here That's but it's so fun to see Artie, like not being like i gave him a gold star in the last episode because he was you know we, we talked also about in the last episode about how it's so hard to get a read on him because sometimes he's being terrible sometimes he's trying to pretend that he's not terrible but still is being terrible and then sometimes he's actually like a good person uh this is another one of those those opportunities to see him in a non-negative light he is just standing up for all of them and and expressing the frustration that a lot of them have that like enough like like enough's enough we get pushed around by everybody in the school by everybody not in the school it's enough like enough telling us that it gets better it's not getting better and we are hurting now we're hurting all the time and i want to hurt them the way that they hurt us because it's not fair why do we keep getting to feel like this or why do we keep having to feel like this while everybody else keeps getting off to you know go run off and like karofsky's go living in his his new school living in his new life and now the warblers are going to go off and do their michael jackson performance and get away with it and everything's going to be just fine he's like i'm fed up i've had enough this is it i'm gonna walk out of my out of this wheelchair and go sing and dance with mike chang so let's let's do it 
Yeah, it's really tough because this happens off school grounds, right? So the it's really hard for any school administration to to do anything about it because what are they going to do? You know, they they weren't there for it. It didn't happen on school grounds. All they have to go by is the 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 words of the kids that were there and I'm sure all of the warblers are backing up Sebastian saying that it was just a regular ass slushy and like you also don't set a good precedent for punishment when you guys don't do anything about the slushies that are tossed every day like it, it's just it's really really bad although i know that like at my school there would be kids that wanted to fight each other and they would get on the bus and then they would go and as soon as they got off the bus they would fight but apparently they would still get suspended because if you were like if you were on the bus, you were still on school grounds, even if you weren't at the school. And if you were like anywhere near the bus, you were still considered school grounds. So they still get got suspended. But I think because this kind of took place at night, there really isn't anything anybody can do. And the police aren't going to get involved about some stupid ass slushy. So it's just like it's really, really shitty. So but I understand Artie's frustration here because they do turn the, the, the other cheek all the time because that's they always take the high road. It's like screw the high road. Yeah. And uh, this performance of a scream with. Mike Chang is legendary. They both look good. I mean, freaking Kevin McHale used to be in a boy band, so he knows how to he knows how to move. He knows how to, you know, be the showman that he is. And I think that the both of them look and sound great on this song. It was nice to get Mike Chang to sing another song here. Yeah, I also hated that line from Will where he talks about um, he's never known a slushie to do that kind of damage. It's like well, I don't care what yeah. kind of damage it does. Like, stop letting people throw slushies. He has to have surgery. Like th- that should be that should be the end of the story. There, it's like do something you know what i mean like it's yeah he's never on. going to but yeah uh this number is a lot of fun i i don't see Artie here i mean with all i see is kevin McHale. he's just he doesn't have like <laughs> like the, his Artie hair is like pushed aside he's not wearing the glasses he just is you know he's up walking obviously that makes a big difference and he just looks like kevin McHale performing so it's like very much separating the two there and seeing you know just Kevin McHale and Harry Shum Jr. getting a, a fun number here. It's all, you know, black and white. And I, I'm assuming that this is matching the video, the music video as well. Yep. I Yeah, figured. This is um, this is a, a duet with uh, Michael and Janet. So this, I believe Michael is played by Artie and Janet is played by <laughs> Michael. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just it's like it's so much fun. I mean. I, I love the two of them together in this so much and it just makes me so mad watching it to know that Artie does not or Kevin does not get enough opportunities to show this aspect of you know his performance abilities like he, he sings plenty and that's good but like he can do he's he's the whole he's the total package uh, when it comes to a show like this and I uh, you know I don't dislike the fact that we had the Artie character I just you know wish I don't know what I wish I just wish I could have seen more of this. <laughs> I mean, well, it seems like they're in the habit of giving him one of these numbers each season because they did like the weekend dance in season one. I forget what they did in season two. And they obviously did this for season three. And I think they do something similar in season four. So, yeah, they he gets the number in the Christmas episode in season four where he gets to sing and dance. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they do once a season, but it's like, eh, I mean, it's so good. I want to see more than once a season, but I'll, I'll take I guess take what I can get. It ruins the novelty. I guess. What can we say? Whatever. <laughs> Justice for Artie's Artie Abrams' legs. Justice yes. For them. Rachel's going to approach Finn Quinn in the bathroom. I always mix this two up, and she wants some straightforward and uh, insightful advice from her. And Quinn is going to get suspicious already. She's like, "Oh my God, are you pregnant?" She's like, "No, no, 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 no. I just look." Finn asked me to to marry him, and Quinn's like, 
okay, so what did you say? And she said, okay, well, I, I told him that I needed some time to think about it. And Quinn's going to say, well, you can't marry him, Rachel. You can't do that. Um, and she's like, well, I don't understand. Like, I don't, like, you know, everything seems to be well with us right now. And I do love him and I really care for him. Like, would marriage absolutely be a bad thing here? And Quinn's like, look, I think that it made sense to be in love with someone for a very long time at some point, but I feel like maybe you should be thinking more about your future. And she's going to show her her acceptance letter from Yale, which I feel like when you got your acceptance letter, what did it come in a big ass envelope or did it come in a small envelope? Yeah, they they all came, came in, in a big, big ass envelope. Yeah, they all came in the big yeah. ones. Yeah. I can understand, like, the finalist letters that Kurt and Rachel are going to get because, fine, it's, like, not the official, official one. But, like, all these kids are having these small-ass, like, like Yale? Yale, no, no. Yale is sending you a Bible's worth of admission shit, okay? Like, mm-hmm. they're, like, opening the doors. It's, like, a grand gesture. But anyway, um, she's going to say, like, look, I was in love with Puck. I was in love with Sam. I was in love with Finn. And I really did care for all of those guys at some point or another. But, like... Come next winter when the snow begins to fall in New Haven, I'm not going to remember why. And I just feel like you shouldn't have to be carrying an anchor from your past into your future. I spent so much time being anxious about the future and not knowing what it is that I wanted. And I just feel now I just feel so full and free and, and I just have this passion for moving forward. And while you and Finn are a lovely couple, but if you really want to be happy, you have to let that go. And we're going to get Quinn's performance. I think it's my favorite Quinn performance ever of Never Can Say Goodbye. Yes, it's so sad that this is her only solo of the season. I hate that aspect of it, but it's so good here. And, you know, props to Queen Quinn for uh, making it into Yale. Look at her go. I mean, she had a rough first half of this school year. She really was going through it, and she still kind of is. She's not fully out of it just yet, and she's not going to be out of, you know, she's not going to be in the clear anytime soon. Uh, But at the very least, like in this moment in time, like they are giving her an opportunity to be like, listen, I know that I made mistakes. I know that I did a lot of things wrong, but I'm trying now. I'm really, really trying to get it together. You know, things are starting to look up for me. I, I went through with my Yale admission. I, I wanted to tell them about how I overcame everything with the teen pregnancy and all that stuff. And I maintained my grades throughout all of it and everything. You know, I didn't get prom queen. I guess she that's like the one thing that she missed out on. And also, you know, not getting her baby back. But that would have been like a whole crazy story if it uh, if that's something that did end up working out for her, because she would have been like through court and through like all this kind of stuff. It would have probably not ended up looking too great for her uh, when it came down to like getting into Yale. So she did end up having things go her way. She is just trying to uh, Rachel and her, you know, they became friendly recently honestly just like coming together and it was around the time that all of the other girls were off in the trouble tones at the end of uh you know the last sectionals and they you know it's nice to see quinn giving her like legitimate advice here after the journey that these two have been on and quinn is saying like listen I know what I'm doing from now on, and I know that in a couple months from now, when I'm starting at Yale, like, I'm not going to remember a single thing about Puck, Sam, or Finn, why I dated them, why I liked them. Like, I'm going to be in a new life, and I'm going to have new dreams and new things that I want to look forward to. And I know it's the same for you, because you want to go to New York. Like, that's a whole other ballgame. Like, you are going to be doing so much more than thinking about Finn Hudson on a daily basis, and if you want to you know, grow together with him, then you you probably need to break up now, which seems a little dramatic. I don't know about the break up this second kind of thing, but at least to get the idea in her head that like, you should not at least say yes to this. Like, that's a good piece of advice. Yes. 
um, this performance is is great, and you know they're giving us a little visual representation of what she's been through over the past couple of years, and we get her dancing with Puck, we get her dancing with Finn, we get her dancing with Sam, we get her looking in her locker and of all the pictures of the delivery with Mercedes and Puck in the room and a picture of Puck and Beth and Sam is in there. There's a picture of Finn and Rachel in there with Rachel's face blocked out by a magnet. There's a picture of her when she was in her goth phase, her, her Rocky Horror costume, her, um, you know, uh, them in the choir room during Christmas. Like just her just reminiscing about all of the things that she has been through and how, yes, it's hard to say goodbye and it's, there's a lot of memories that she's going to hold dear, but at the end of it all, like... You got to go. Um, and at yeah. the end of this number, she is going to let the uh, New Directions know that she got into Yale. And they all cheer for her. And they're all very proud of her. And she wants to thank them because she knows that she went a little crazy. And she knows that she had a bit of a rough year. But all of them were always there for her throughout all of that. And she just wants to let them know that, yes, you cannot change your past. She's speaking directly to Rachel. You can't change your past. But you can work towards making a better future for yourself. And uh, Rachel's going to obviously touched by the performance but also it doesn't really it just conflicts things for her even more so so yeah and uh, a lot of the glee kids have gone through a lot in the time that they've all spent together but quinn probably at number one in the rankings of that like people who have needed the most support from their friends like along the way it's like when puck says puck says that directly to her a couple episodes back about how you know we just spent a whole week singing songs to santana about something that you know people already knew that uh, people already knew that she was you know dating britney and we're trying to comfort her about that but like you've been in so much pain all along and nobody's doing anything to help you so it's like there's been so much right. that she has needed help with along the way and needed support and that she's had these guys be these guys have all been there for her so when at the end of this song yeah when will will's gonna come up to her and say like you got to tell them like he's so excited for her and at the end like he's just he's so proud of her and then mercedes is speaking up that she's so proud of her and then everybody is so you know everybody's clapping everybody's excited rachel being like the only exception because you know she's also a little insecure about the fact that she hasn't gotten her letter just yet and all this stuff so uh it's just a nice moment for quinn there's not many moments like this throughout the season where you can just look and appreciate that quinn is back on the right path or you know seemingly in a good space in a good space so love that for her yeah it's a really cool moment. It just made me really think about um, my senior year of high school and everybody getting the news about what they were going to do and just how much excitement and, you know, just ready to start that new chapter in your life. And it's just, it made me just a little reminiscent. So Aww. good for Quinn here. Awesome. Yay, yeah. I cannot believe bitch. she had those pictures <laughs> in her locker of herself with the red hair. Like, I thought you were... Like, getting away from that. I get that we were, like, going through a journey of her past. But, like, her locker was funny. Like, the picture of the red hair was in there. We had a picture of, like, Rachel with, like, a big piece of tape over it. I guess uh, she hasn't taken that down since they became a little bit more friendly. Um, and pictures of Beth were in there. Those were cute. So, yeah, her locker was quite the journey. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I mean, the song does say never can say goodbye. So you can never really say goodbye entirely to your past. But you can, you know, just move on. I mean, mm -hmm. I probably would have kept it just to remind myself how fucking crazy I went. <laughs> That's why I can't delete my Facebook because there are so many embarrassing pictures up there. But I don't want to get rid of them because that was who I was at a point. So it's just like, it's just nice to remind yourself sometimes where how, car, how far you've come. Right. Santana is going to find uh, Kurt alone uh, in one of the classrooms and ask him what's going on. And she's like, I'm, he's just like really, really upset. And he really agreed with Artie. He's tired of being stepped on all the time. It's just complete bullshit that they have to be the ones to take the higher road. 
and Santana agrees. And what is she going to say? I think I wrote the line down somewhere because she says, oh, damn it. I don't know why I wrote it down. Anyway, Auntie Snicks is back, okay? Her alter ego just got off the Bitch Town Express. That's what it was. And she would love to see Sebastian all, you know, bound and gagged with a, with a tramp stamp on his, uh, on his back. But she realizes that's probably not the best route to take. And then, you know, or, or Kirk kind of agrees. He's like, look, when that happened to him, when Blaine... When I found out Blaine had to have surgery, I wanted to hurt him. But I fought against uh, violence for so long. It's just it's for too long for me to, you know, regress into that behavior. But Santana's going to be like, look, I agree. I respect that. And you know what? We don't have to play dirty to get him back, but we are going to get him back. So it looks like Santana has a bit of a plan here to uh, mm-hmm. put Sebastian in his fucking place. Yeah, I I don't know that we get a whole lot of Santana and Kurt throughout uh, the show so far. And now that she has become such a important character, such a main character, it's like this villain that is also, you know, on the good guys team. It's fun to get this mixture of, you know, Rachel and Kurt, even though Rachel is like the most annoying person on earth is like Rachel and Kurt are like the good guys in general. Like they are the the big stars. So to get uh, Santana in the mix here to like propel the story further and use her dirty antics that she's happy to, to play with. Uh, and, you know, even when it's somebody like Kurt who is not used to playing like that, it's like a fun combination to get together. And it's this is like the start of this new group that is, you know, the seniors have been established at this point And, you know, we'll we'll get to in the next season how the seniors are going to play out as they come together, some of them more than others. And, you know, Santana and Kurt, keep an eye on that. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Mercedes is going to get a little text, like come to the auditorium now. And it's from Sam, and she's going to go over to the auditorium, and he's going to have like, this whole elaborate setup. He's standing on the stage. He's lit up a sign with Mercedes' name on it saying, you know, we're going to see your name in lights. So we might as well get used to it now. Can Do you mind singing this song with me? Like, I mean, I love Michael Jackson. He's one of my favorite singers, um, and I would really, really appreciate it if you would sing with me. And once you're done, you can go back to Shane. I won't try and stop you, but I just want this moment. And Mercedes is like, Sam... Come on, like, we can't do this. We cannot do this. But Sam is not going to take no for an answer. He's just going to start playing. And then Mercedes can't say no. I just feel like a bunch of black people can't say no to Michael Jackson in general. Okay, so <laughs> she, is, she is seduced. And we get this reinterpretation of human nature because the original human nature does not sound this way. But I really, really enjoy this, this version that they have going here. Yeah, this is it the boys really to men good. version. Oh, is it? I didn't know this. I didn't even know Boys to Men had a version. Yes, wow. according to the Wikipedia page. Uh, yeah, it is a different version of the song, and I am not too familiar with the original version of the song, uh, but this one, I really, really enjoy it. Sam and Mercedes sound really nice together, and I don't know that I think that they would sound great together in every number that they would potentially do, which is probably why they don't get any duets to this point, but they do get one here. It is a, you know, a song that suits them really nicely, and it's just, you know, she really gets drawn into him with the Michael of it all. And then with Sam just being super romantic, like the fact that he put her name on, you know, in shining lights on the back of the auditorium and he's trying to be all romantic. Like, I know that your name is going to be in shining lights for the rest of time. So why not start now? And I'm like, oh, you little sappy little Justin Biebery little strippery boy. Look at you go. <laughs> so happy. For uh, him. And he goes in for the kiss and he gets it. 
He does. He does get it. So you're a cheater, Mercedes. You are a cheater. Let her let her live. She's uh, just how do you how do you resist the trouty mouth? I'm just I'm you you leave. That's what you do. You leave. You didn't leave. You, you let him do this to you. Well, she gonna leave Shane. You fell, in, you fell into his trap. Good. I just <laughs> I just realized that this is a great ensemble episode because I feel like every song is a different soloists or duettists. Yeah. And you know what? Wait, so I start off with, sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to be too like on the Sam Sadie's side because I really do like uh, Shane Sadie's. I like, he was so good to her. He's always been so supportive of her. Yes. Like you're the best, like you're going to beat Rachel Berry. Like you are the queen. Like, why are you telling Like, don't let anybody else make you He's feel He's a big reason way. that the trouble tones even exist. Like right. he instilled, he empowered her. Like he really showed like, bitch, like you are, you are Mercedes. And that gave her the confidence to be like, you know what? I don't have to deal with this shit anymore. I'm leaving. I'm, I'm not taking this anymore. And then Trouble Tones were born. So, yeah. Shane is a big, you know, part of why Mercedes' senior year has been so impactful for her development. So, so she kind of can't go wrong. That, I mean, she can by cheating, but. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I just. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but just she has two great options. Like Sam is still a very nice guy. He hasn't done anything, you know, that that has been, uh, you know, against what my best wishes would be for Mercedes. It's just, you know, he really likes her and Shane really likes her and she kind of has to pick. And she kind of did pick. I mean, she kissed him here and she also was thinking about him during that song in the last episode. So obviously we know where her heart is uh, lying at the moment. Mm. All right. I mean, it is trotty mouth, I guess. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> Bert is going to come to the school and ask to pull Kurt from a uh, Spanish class. Bert's going to give Kurt his Miata letter. This is the letter that is going to let him know whether or not he's moving on to the next round of auditions. They traipse all around the school trying to find the perfect spot for him to open the letter. They finally choose the choir room. I'm surprised they didn't just go there first because I feel like that would be the most comfortable room to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bert's like, just open up. Just open it. We've been in like three rooms. Just open the letter. No matter what happens, you're good. And Kurt's like, this is, you know, this is a crossroads. Like, this is a really pivotal moment. This is going to determine, you know, if I go right or left. And he turns around, opens the letter. Kurt is a finalist. Bert is going to be elated. Kurt's going to be like, oh, my God, Dad, your heart. He's like, no, screw my heart. I'm so proud of you. Who's going to tell Blaine you got to let me do it? Like, I can't believe this. He's like, Dad, are you crying? Bert's like, I just can't. I'm so proud of you, Kurt. Like, you've been through so much. They beat you down. They tried to They tried to change who you are. They tried to, 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 to take the life out of you, and you proved all of them wrong. I am so proud to be your dad. I am so, so proud of you. And this got me. I teared up here. I teared up and I had chills and I have chills like even just thinking about it. The, the line that gets you the most is, who's going to tell Blaine? You got to let me do it. That's like the one line that I just lost it on. Like his dad loves him so much and is so supportive of him and has been this way since for, for as long as we've known them. Like it took him a while to come around to accepting things and just getting used to it. Again, he grew up in a different generation. He wasn't you know, he he never expected that he would have to deal with, uh, not deal with, but, you know, he, he just, he had no idea how to go about any of this when his son came out to him. Obviously, he was willing to learn and has been every step of the way, but it's like, you get to this point and it's like, this is the biggest moment of his son's life. And he's obviously, like, this was good news and he's so excited for him. And not only that, it's like, look at how far he's come that, like, he's just like, who's going to tell your boyfriend? Like, you have to let me do it because I want to see the look on his face when he sees that the boy he loves just as much as I love my son. Like, we both love you so much. I need to be able to be there and tell him. And I, I'm just so happy for all of us. This is such a good moment. 
And yeah, he's like, screw my heart. I don't care. Just uh, like I, this is the moment that we need to be the most excited and celebrate. And this is just such a good moment. Like like the fact that the plot mixes in so well within this episode is just so great. It's just like they get so much accomplished while also having so many good numbers. I don't know how they did it, but they did it. It's so good. Mm-hmm. I agree. It was it was just so nice to to see this the fruits of his labor you know what i mean because kurt has been through so much and so for this to be like the shining moment in his life for right now is just really really great to see kurt is obviously super excited he's gonna go to find rachel in the hall and uh he lets her know like i got my letter i got my letter i'm a finalist i'm a finalist rachel's like oh my goodness that's great but you can see like now that this is like really breaking her now and he asks her about what about you she's like i didn't i get i didn't get mine She's like, I knew it. I had this weird feeling on my stomach all week long. And Kurt's trying to be supportive and saying, don't be stupid, Rachel. I'm sure it's going to come. She's like, no, stupid. Like, stupid is watching all of your friends make plans for their future and realizing that you have none at all. All I have here is my boyfriend, no plans, no college, and I just don't know what I'm doing. And she's just going to break down. And at first, at first glance, I feel like it's easy to sit here and be like, oh, my God, this is supposed to be Kurt's moment. I can't believe that you're making this by, about yourself. But I think because of the fact that, like, this is also a dream of hers, too. It's, like, hard for you to, like, sit here. And I think that she really is happy for Kurt, but she's like, damn, like, if you got yours, and that means I'm definitely not getting mine. And so I, I really felt for Rachel here, too. Like, I, it's so interesting how I got... I was emotional for Kurt for a good reason. And I got emotional for Rachel for a negative reason. And it's been like 15 seconds. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And like, there's a lot of Rachel moments that we do and will continue to come down on her for, but like, this isn't one. Um, this has been her dream. This has been their dream. So the fact that Kurt got his letter, like this would have freaked me out so badly. If like, th if this was me in Rachel's shoes and I saw my best friend get the letter for the school, I'm like, oh, so letters went out and I still don't have anything. Like that's terrifying. Uh, I, I would absolutely be freaked out. And I get, you know, I think, she does, you know, congratulate him and she's happy for him at first. But then it's not, you know, it's not until he asks her, like, did you get your letter? What did your letter say that she starts to, you know, go into making it about her where she's like, yeah, no, I, I didn't get it. I just I felt this way all week and I just I I feel it. It's not it's not happening. So it is a really sucky moment for her. And she's also, you know, still dealing with the whole Finn situation. It's just a lot just coming down on her at once. And at the end of the day, as much as she is a frustrating character to deal with. She's still a high school student trying to figure out her future, trying to figure out her relationship. She just got proposed to from somebody that like, she wasn't, she didn't ask for that. Uh, he did that all on his own. And there's a lot going on here. So there's a lot to, and, and again, while she says this as well, watching all of my friends, you know, make plans for their future. Quinn just got accepted. You just got accepted. Like everybody knows what they're doing except me. Yeah. Uh, that sucks. Fortunately, I've never had to like deal with that feeling because like I found out where I was going to school in November of my senior year, so I was like all set. Like I, you know, I pretty much like goofed off for the rest of the year. Um, but yeah, that that must be a really really shitty feeling to watch all of your other friends just, you know, know what their what their next steps are, and then mm -hmm. you realize, shit, what the fuck do I have? So, right. Poor Rachel. However, poor Blaine as well because Finchel and Kurt are going to go visit Blaine at his house. He's all cooped up in his room under the covers with an eye patch on, um, in his in his jammies. I'm like, is he? Are you sick too? Like, are you? Is it just the eye? Like, do you need all the histrionics here? But um, they bring him some chicken noodle soup. Even they acknowledge that it's not going to help his eye, but it also can't hurt. So <laughs> they're here to you know just cheer him up. And they brought him some movies. Finn brought him some movies that uh, that feature eye patches. So he brought him uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Stranger's House. I'm like, really? 
if I'm gonna if you're, if I'm gonna bring Pirates of the Caribbean to somebody, it's gonna either be uh, Curse of the Black Pearl or it's gonna be At World's End. Nobody gives a damn about Stranger Tides. Like that's no, honey. And Blaine's gonna talk about how you know he's a little bit nervous for the surgery. You know, it's he could lose the eye. It's a potential that he could lose his eye. Rachel's gonna be like, well, there are plenty of performers that have one eye, so don't 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 despair. I'm like Rachel, it's an eye. Like fuck the performing. You're losing an eye. Like, his depth perception, everything is going to change. He's going to be legally blind. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of all, Blaine is just upset that he is missing a Michael week, and he just really, really sucks because he loves Michael. And they said, well, you know what? We felt that you might feel that way, so we brought some Michael to you. Um, and they sing him Ben. And now this makes up for the fact, remember when I said earlier that all the girls wanted to sing Michael Jackson and then Blaine took the lead there? And now Blaine's like, oh, I'm mad I'm missing Michael week. And now he gets to sit out of this one while they all sing around him. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was a cute number or whatever, but I still feel like, especially now, because I've always kind of felt like this this number was kind of give or take for me. Um, but especially once you showed me the deleted scene, I was like, I would have much rather have seen this than than this number. But whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. it's cute. And honestly, like, we'll talk about this now, I guess. Uh, Blaine, uh, Darren Chris is going to exit the show for a little bit here. He, in real life, Darren Chris is going to go off to be on Broadway. Let me, what was he doing again? Um he was taking over Daniel Radcliffe's Daniel Radcliffe's role in uh, How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying on Broadway, and mm. he was going to be gone for a couple of episodes while he went over to do a couple shows there. So you're going to see that Darren Chris is not in the show for a couple episodes again, and uh, they had to write him out somehow. So this eye injury and surgery is going to be the the plot device to take him out of the rotation for a little bit, but he will be back. I'm surprised that they let him do that, but he's probably a f- one of Ryan Murphy's favorites. So he was like, oh, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. He's like, no, Puck, you can't. Like, we're just going to have you off the show if you were trying to do a music thing. Same thing with you, uh, Sam. You try and leave. I guess you're just not going to be on the show anymore. But they will conveniently write out Finn in, or uh, Blaine in the middle of the season just to appease him for his Broadway dreams. But I see you, Ryan. I see you, boo. Nah, he, Ryan, anyway, Ryan definitely has no favorites. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I just... Oh, that's preposterous. I know. Ugh. Absurd. Santana is going to show up at... I'm assuming this is supposed to be Dalton, although it doesn't really look like Dalton. I'm not really sure where it is. But she shows up, and she's going to let Sebastian and the rest of the Warblers know, look, Blaine may lose an eye. You assholes. You know, the same Blaine that used to be besties with you, like, not four months ago. One of the warblers looks a little concerned. He's like, are you serious? Is he going to be okay? And he, she's like, well, sure, if he's you know, doesn't care about seeing three dimensions. And then Sebastian's going to admit here, oh, you know what? That sucks about Blaine, but I was actually trying to go for Kurt. Uh, which you can see when he throws the slushy. Kurt is, in the, is right there, but then gets pushed out of the way by Blaine. And Santana's like, you know what? Just cut the antics. Like, I am so prepared to like beat your ass right now. So just tell me what's in that slushy. What was it? Glass? Asphalt? She's like, nothing. He's like, you're a liar. Sebastian's like, oh, so you're going to question my honor in the in, in the front of the rest of the Warblers? She's like, well, what do you want? Do you want, do you want a duel? Do you want a duel for your honor, playboy? Like, come on, let's do it. And so she asks some two celloists that are just sitting there to, to stick around. And we're going to get this iconic rendition of Smooth Criminal. How do I even talk about it? Like, how do I even, how do I, how do we even begin to cover the magic of this number? Like, how do we even put it into words how incredible this is? How? It's everything from the everything from the the uh, celloists, actually, which are a band of I think 
I think these people are brothers, and they call themselves two cellos, but they, yes, they got it's pretty a, it's popular a real group. online around this time. Yeah, they got pretty popular online before this episode, even. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the cinematography of it all, the chairs in a circle, all like, them circling one another, the outfit that Santana is wearing, like, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> it's honestly just, it is a number... And here's it's, it's actually funny that like this is not a number that stuck with me when I was younger because I didn't know Michael Jackson as much. And, you know, when I heard it for the first time, like I'm sure I liked it, but like it wasn't until recent years that I rediscovered how good this is. And when I did, I was like, how did I sleep on this for so many years while I was off singing in the car to like take a bow, Rachel's season one solo? Like I could have been out here jamming to Smooth Criminal like the whole time. You're, you're kidding me. Have you uh, seen the original music video? Uh, Probably. This is like the iconic one where he's in that white suit and he does that lean forward without moving his without moving his feet. They don't really recreate it here. And this is an entire this is like this entire thing is a reimagination of everything, like down to the instrumentation and to the, the music video itself. But yeah. yeah, it's a very, very classic Michael Jackson song. And I think that the way that they went ahead and did it, I mean Naya Rivera sounds amazing on this. And so it is so does Sebastian. Like mm-hmm. he Grant Gustin delivers here as well and I, I like the fact that these two are probably very similar characters so it's really cool to see them go at it because neither one of them is going to back down it's just another duel it's uh, a duel just as good as the first one was within the parking lot it's just the two of them going at it and like the way that they set it up with oh this like he says i demand satisfaction in warbler tradition you want to have a duel all right duel it is like none of these kids are ever going to say no to a, a sing-off like that's not you know in their in their blood in their nature to say no so of course they're going to do it uh, do it a uh, duet um and it's just it's just it's so good I, there's i don't think that i'll be able to do it justice by me just talking about it if you haven't rewatched the episode um maybe i'll just advise you to go listen to it and then come back and finish the rest of this podcast so that you can just remind yourself how good smooth with criminal is like watch the watch it on youtube don't just sit here and listen to the song on itunes like watch this whole thing at the end of the performance santana's gonna be like i was better (laughs) which she was and i'm really i really tried to be objective here and i was like who was actually better in this duel santana beat his ass in this duel she just did she went for the higher notes and sure you can make the point that she's she's a woman so she her range is a little higher than his is but like she just she just brought it more than he did. Like, he just was not, he just wasn't delivering. And he knows as much because he's going to try and say, oh, no, like, you like no, you weren't even close. She's like, I was better. Just tell me what the fuck you put in that slushy. And he's going to say, rock salt. And he's like, it's going to be okay, though. He's like, how, how is it going to be okay? I just told you that Blaine had to have surgery. And he says, it's going to be okay because I didn't put anything in this one. And he slushes her in the face one more time for good measure. Ugh. But can you come up with something else? Come up with something else. Like, that's not even your thing. Like, that's a McKinley High School thing. <laughs> like y'all are biters. Like Maybe it's just do an Ohio else. thing now. But uh, yeah, they they I have to close off with another slushy here. As you mentioned, it's just the easy, cheap way to show that somebody's getting one over on the other without it being like any kind of actual physical altercation. And it's like very ironic that the entire reason that Santana is here is to find out what was with that last slushy. And she's not getting any answers. And then eventually at the end of the song, she does get answers and she feels like she's won. She's like, I got what I needed. You know, we know that she has a tape recorder on her. We're going to find that out in a minute and she we you know she won but then at the very end of this she didn't win because they're going to hit her back with the slushy and just embarrass her on the way out the door yep so 
we realized that the underhanded plan that Santana actually had was that she taped a tape recorder to her underboob. The next day at school, she's going to inform all of the uh, rest of the Glee kids what happened. She wants, she doesn't want Mr. Shu to find out, so she you know gets them all in. She tells Brittany to lock the door, which Brittany doesn't know how to do, and then she lets them know like I went over to the Dalton Academy. And I got him on tape admitting to putting rock salt in that slushie so now we can get his ass expelled or maybe even arrested. And Kurt surprised him. He's going to stand up here and be like, look, you know what? No, I, he still, well, so what happens next? He gets suspended. They still do Michael. They still beat us. I just feel like we should not focus on revenge and we should just focus on teaching them a lesson, which I'm like on Santana's side here. Like he clearly assaulted Blaine. Blaine has to have surgery. Like that's time and money lost. Because you wanted to put rock salt in a slushy, And yes, he should be taken to the police, at the very least. Like, come on, get his ass sent to juvie. And it's not violent. It's clever. Like, y'all wanted, to, y'all wanted an eye for an eye. We're getting one over on him by sending his ass to jail or wherever. Like, come on now. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Blaine is just like, I just, or a curse, like, no, no. I just don't, I think that we should just focus on being better people here. Like, I just, I'm, I'm tired of, like, trying to get retribution. And I actually invited the, the Warblers over to... Our auditorium so if anyone's interested in coming along you should just join me right now um santana's like still not about it but she reluctantly joins them finn is going to ask rachel to stand back and as the rest of the kids leave rachel's like oh okay finn i know that you are looking for an answer right now i get it but i just i i, I just don't know what to say right now and finn's gonna be like look i understand like i know i put a lot of pressure on you before i apologize but i just want to you know emphasize all of what I'm really trying to convey to you. And I feel like you hear me better when I don't talk. And so he's going to get the rest of the band in on this performance of I Just Can't Stop Loving You and begin singing to Rachel. And Rachel's going to join in. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a pretty emotional number for the two of them. I also teared up a little bit for this one, too. Yeah. And sorry, just to backtrack for a second. Uh, that line at the end where Santana is going to obviously follow Kurt off. And she's like, if Kurt would have taped this to his junk, I would have never heard the end of it. Like, we would have had a whole week of songs about it. And Brittany's like, you're right. You're right. It's okay. <laughs> she's right. Like, why not? Like, it's not it's not violent. Like, you got it. You got him on tape. Like, he needs to get the consequences for that. He injured somebody. They have to have surgery. This is like allegedly a, a person that you like too, Sebastian. Don't you feel the tightest, the smallest piece of guilt? Like, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, and this is like annoying for me that Kurt is like defending him like this. Like, I get where his heart is and I get his intention to like, I, I you know, he's like, I've seen that we can't do this. We're not going to hurt him because uh, like, we're going to just prove that we're better and all this stuff. But I'm like, you could get the kid suspended. Like, it wouldn't hurt to get him out, kicked out of school for a couple of days. Like he, like when Karaski did something drastic, they did get him at least a minor punishment, even though it got kind of reversed pretty quickly. You could have at least done that. Like, it's like, you're still in high school at the end of the day. Like, you know, there are easy repercussions that could maybe make you feel a little bit better about the fact that he just made your boyfriend have to go get eye surgery to to repair something mm-hmm. you know like i don't know um maybe i'm just being like uh, uh, i don't know annoying about it but finn and rachel adorable uh no not adorable but decently adorable i guess i don't know not a bad performance not a memorable one of this whole uh bunch for me is it one for you yeah i, I like this number i i feel like well, i like the song anyway but I feel like I sort of, like, got it at this point. I got just how much it meant to Finn. Because, you know, you you see proposal storylines on teen dramas all the time. And they sort of, like, begin to lose lose effect on you. But I think when I saw the two of them sing and they began to tear up. And I think it's just a credit to both Corey and Leah's acting here. I got it. 
I was like, oh, these these kids love each other. And uh, Rachel's going to say as much. You know, Finn's going to try and speak right after they uh, sing the song. And she just cuts them off saying, you know what? You're the love of my life. Like, you're the, you're the love of my life. And it doesn't matter if it's, like, now or, like, 10 years from now. Like, I, I'm going to – I know this feeling and I, I want this feeling. And so Finn's like, wait, are you saying what I think you're saying? He's like, yes, I will marry you. And I just – I don't know. I just really – it got me. I'm not saying I was over here, like, <laughs> blowing tissues. I just – I just – I got it. Finn and Rachel are then going to join the rest of the New Directions in the auditorium. The Warblers show up. Uh, Sebastian's going to make a snide remark about, can we make this quick? I can't still stand the smell of public schools. Um, and essentially, Kirsten is like, look, we are supposed to be supportive of one another. We are show choir um, competitors. And we, don't have to, we don't have to be this way. And even though you guys are allegedly going to do Michael, you don't understand him like we do. Um, and Sebastian's like, oh, so you, you understand Michael? And like, yes, and we're going to show you. And cue this performance of Black and White, where they even recreate the music video and do the whole little blended faces thing, which is a very polarizing uh, choice to a lot of people. Some people find this super weird, but I liked it. I thought it was cheesy and campy, but I liked it. I love it. I don't know. I mean, I, I really love it. It's just so fun to see the the face morph. Like, it's it's just really, really cool uh, at the end here. And the performance is so good. Everybody's up on stage getting their Michael on. And, like, they're, try- they're trying to show the Warblers, like, we know Michael. We do Michael. And, uh, you know, we're not going to do it at regionals. But, like, look, we can do it. And uh, if you think that you can do it better than us, you're wrong. So uh, they really do prove it to them there. And it's fun, you know, as the Warblers all get up on stage. Sebastian's the only one left behind and everybody's having a good time closing out the episode with a fun little Michael number. I love it. Yeah, so um they're gonna conclude the performance here. Sebastian really is not interested in reconciling with any of these people. But even some of his fellow warbers are like, come on, Sebastian, it's enough. Like the poor guy has to have fucking surgery. Like this is like we're not these this is not who we are. And Sebastian's like, it's that kind of attitude that lost us regionals last year. And Santana's like, okay, cut the fucking bullshit. Like you either agree to cut the antics or I can send this tape of you admitting that you put Roxel in that slushy and send your ass to Juvie. And Sebastian's, you know, cut off here because like, oh, damn. Um, and now the rest of the world doesn't know exactly what kind of person that he is. Although I felt like they would have already have known, but I guess not because he definitely admits to putting Roxel in the slushy when the Warbles were in the room with Santana and him. So I don't know why they're acting all surprised, but, um, Kurt's going to be like, you know what? We figure it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to be a lot better to just beat your ass and watch you have to uh, wither in agony at regional. So you can go out and have this tape. And he throws the tape to him. Um, and Artie's like, no, get the hell out of my auditorium. Get and out. And Wolverine and Sebastian leave. Get <laughs> the hell out, you dirty little CW hair looking, uh, Disney Prince hair looking, whatever the hell. They, they give him a lot of hair insults. Fucking over the weasel, meerkat. Yeah. Uh, Facebook stalking, waiting for Blaine to come online, kind of guy. Get out of here, you little scum. Rock salt throwing. Rock salt throwing. Yeah, in. just uh, get out of here. No, Sebastian. Sebastian's a good villain. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you that. He definitely. You gave him a star like right when we met him because uh, you knew you know what's coming with him. He. It's a fun way that they go with the Warblers when they decide that Blaine's going to be gone and they're going to go from this perfect little group of uh, you know the Blaine the Blaine Warblers and uh, the backup people to have uh, it become a bit of a villain group. It's like the vocal adrenaline kind of got taken the the 
aspect of vocal adrenaline kind of got taken over by the warblers especially as they're going to be competing together at regionals and now they have this villainous leader it's a it's a fun dynamic yes i agree after this we're going to see rachel go over to kurt and let him know that she is a finalist she got her letter from the yada the both of them are not finalists so they can finally uh, move on and start thinking about what they're going to do for their final audition kurt's super excited for her of course but then he's going to ask her did you tell finn yet and the look of apprehension on Rachel's face lets us know that she has not. And so after admitting to, you know, she is going to marry him, she gives him a yes. Now she knows that her New York dreams are like a tiny bit closer than they were before. And now she's back at the same point where she was at the beginning of the episode of like not knowing what to do. Mm-hmm. And she has not told she has not told Finn. And uh, that's a pretty big step. And yeah, like you said, you just see it on her face that she just does not know what to do. Um it is also we got. I mean, we were just talking about how big are the letters that you get. Look at these tiny little letters they got. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I mean, I, I, that's why I said I can kind of understand it for Finn and or Kurt and Rachel because they're just finalist letters. They're not admittance letters. So sh- sure, fine. But that Yale thing, no, honey, they're not giving you a threefold letter if you got into Yale. They're sending you a damn dictionary. Okay, <laughs> they want to make you feel special with like the seal of the school and everything on there. Right. But yeah, that's going to be the end of this Michael Jackson tribute episode. And we've got a lot of songs to choose from for our favorite. And so I guess we can just get right on into it. We've got Wanna Be Starting Something by Blaine and the New Directions. Bad by Blaine, Santana, Artie, and the New Directions with the Warblers. Never Can Say Goodbye, Quinn. Human Nature, Sam Sadies. Ben. Finn, Rachel, and Kurt. Smooth Criminal, Sebastian and Santana. I Just Can't Stop Loving You, Rachel and Finn. Black or White, The New Directions. <laughs> Three, two, one. Smooth Criminal. Mine is Never Can Say Goodbye. <laughs> Look, I love this number. I just love the way Quinn sounds on it. I love the that beautiful sparkly black dress that she wears as she's in the auditorium dancing with her past lovers. I just think that she sounds so good on it. And we rarely get Quinn numbers. And I love Smooth Criminal as well. I love the way that Santana sounds on that song. But I just, I listened to uh, Never Can Say Goodbye just a bit more. And I understand that they went all eras of Michael. It wasn't just him as an adult. And they went back to the Jackson 5 for this as well. So I just... I fucks with this song and I just had to give it to Quinn because her, her songs are just so far and few between. Cool. <laughs> are you mad? No. Happy for you. So happy. Okay. Um, <laughs> what do you want to talk about your top five? <laughs> I'll cheer you up. How is it? Uh, I, I'm not. I'm good. Yeah, sure. Love to. Top five. It's just there are so many good numbers in this episode. So we were talking about, you know, beforehand, maybe just picking out like, obviously, we both are going to have our number one, which I really thought was the same. I thought we had talked about this before. I thought that we had had another podcast where we were both talking about how great Smooth Criminal. Maybe I dreamt it. I guess I did. I, I do love Smooth Criminal. But no, you I didn't don't. Say it was my no, favorite you don't. Of the episode. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. So I'll give you my top five. Um, it's, it's really hard. It really is hard. Smooth Criminal, bad, black or white. That's three. I think I got to go human nature. Sam Sadie is just mm-hmm. is great on that. And then I'll probably get with uh, 
Never Can Say Goodbye right in there at number five. So I do have it in my top five as well. Want to be starting something is good. Um, scream. Oh, how, how am I going to leave out Scream? Scream is good for the visuals. I don't know that like it's like uh, Scream would probably be like a close I don't listen to it outside of the episode. Well, I would say Never Can Say Goodbye is number one. Smooth Criminal number two. Want to be starting something number three. Human Nature number four. Hmm. Bad number five. Black or white six or not not even? Eh. Mm. We just don't have five. <laughs> All right. I'm just uh, trying to feel out if you like the song or not. I, no, I like it. I like black or white. I mean, it's fine. Are I, there any you know? in here that like, I mean, as, as somebody who grew up with Michael Jackson, are there any in here that you're like really not that into? I'm not really into Ben. I'm really not that into Scream either. But all the other ones I like. Oh, and I love. I, I like just. I just can't stop loving you. If I had. If I had to choose, it would be. I just can't stop loving you. Six. Then black or white. Seven, We're just doing top seven. five. I know, but I was. You know what? Moving on. Slushy fucking ratings. <laughs> Slushy fucking rating. <laughs> you know what? All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of the Choir <laughs> Room. I'm Adam on Adwin. The, you can also follow the podcast. Do not follow Matt Lagori. We'll see you next time. Bye. You're lucky I didn't hang up after you just blindsided me with the song. Um, my slushy rating is a big old big fat zero, baby. Zero, first zero of the season. Uh, very happy to finally get one on the board here. I was worried. I was like, do I not like season three all of a sudden that I, I thought I did? Do I not like it? No, I do. Uh, there's been a couple half slushies, but this is the first full zero slushy. The plot, again, mixed in with all of these fantastic numbers is great. It's just everybody is involved here. Not too much Will, not too much Sue. And as much as I love Sue, you know, I love uh, that dynamic of her being involved. Like when she can step aside and let the kids shine and be the kids and just sing all these fun songs. It's great. Um, lots of Santana, a lot, you know, a little bit of, of great Quinn in there mixed with just everything. It's just it's so good. It's a zero. Yeah. Um, zero slushies. Yeah. Zero slushies. I tried to find anything that I had a really big issue with, but I don't think that I did. I think that they really were clean with this episode. And, you know, like you said, we sort of wrap up the Finn and Rachel thing here. I mean, we, he, she at least said yes, but then the other thing is sort of like a nice little thing to keep us going and give us a nice little cliffhanger at the end. And of course, you know, Kurt got into Niata as well. Quinn seems to be really coming into her own and Sebastian is being his deliciously evil self as well. All the numbers were, well, not all of them, but most of the numbers were very, very well done. I mean, it's Michael Jackson. How can you not? So zero slushies for me as well. All so right. there you go. We have something in common now. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> all right, gold star. Uh, do you know what you're doing? Because I am so torn. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm I have well. three candidates here. I probably can narrow it down to two. I mean, I feel like Santana is a good choice because she has two numbers where she's featured heavily and they both are amazing. And I like the fact that she was the main aggressor and trying to get back at Sebastian, but not in like a violent way. I mean, I guess there's a contention for Kurt as well because he did get into Niata, but that's pretty much all that there is. So not really. Yeah, that's what that's what I had Quinn on the board for. I was thinking about her as well for her. Like, you know, gr this is her grand acceptance. She is like really shining in that part of the episode. But this really is not her episode overall. So as much as I want to give her the star, I, I'm not going to do that there. 
I don't think that Finn and Rachel really deserve a star here either because no. For what reason? Because you decided to get married. Like, okay, good for you. Um, yeah, no. I thought about Artie because he is the one that sort of like galvanizes the group into being like, no, nah, bitch. Like, we are we're tired of this. Like, we we are people. Like, come on, guys. Like, do we really want to be, you know, cowering in the background for the rest of all time? Like, fuck that. Right. So that's that's what I came down to. I'm down to Santana and Artie, where Santana obviously shines in this episode. She is just so good with all of these uh, Michael Jackson numbers. She she kills every single one of them that she's that she's on. She's so good. She's the main person that's going after Sebastian, like you mentioned. So all of that is a lot of great Santana content here. And then Artie is my other pick where Artie is the one who he's he's been pushing for Michael Jackson all this whole time. Like he was he knew all the facts. He knew all the history. He loved all the music and he was happy to do it his speech standing up to will is amazing he like just just nobody yells at will like that and the fact that he finally did it's like we're tired of this we want to feel like we want to feel some kind of uh like like you stop telling us it's going to get better like it's not and we want something now to make us feel like we're not just losers that are going to get shoved around all the rest of our lives like enough of that and between that and then at the very end of the episode you know him like leading the way and telling them uh, telling the Warblers we're not going to do it but we can do it and we will show you that we can do it 10 times better than you ever will so it's really tough between the two of them and if we were going to work together I would say let's both pick one but you tell me what you want to do well for the first time I'm actually looking at the chart as I'm making the decision and if I go Artie, then I will have made it 11 episodes without choosing the same person. So I'm going to go ahead and choose Artie. <laughs> <laughs> well, that can't, that, that can't, can't quite work for me because I've given both Artie and Santana a gold star so far this season. So I will be doubling it's like It's like we're on sequester and you can't <laughs> – there's nobody you for you to vote for because you voted for everybody. <laughs> I've, I have made it 10 episodes with that, though. I uh, have not given out any gold stars to the same person twice. But all right, let's work together on this. You're going to give it to Artie. I'll give it to Santana. Um, I, I'm glad we can agree on at least that, if not our favorite number. But Artie, Artie and Santana are really do shine in this episode. Blaine does as well, but then he kind of gets taken out of the rotation after the slushy, And now he's going to be gone for a couple of episodes. So uh, he will, of course, get back in the mix at some point. He also has not gotten a star himself this season. But uh, Artie, and, Artie and Santana, Artie with back-to-back stars, Santana on the board here again. So uh, I think that fits pretty well for this episode. I wonder if I can keep up this streak where I don't do any repeats. Probably not. It's in, it's impossible because there aren't twenty two characters in the show. But what's what's the next episode? Oh, the Spanish teacher. <laughs> if I give it to Ricky Martin, although I don't remember the episode that well, but I feel like he's not. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um. But yeah. So thank you guys once again for watching or excuse me listening to another episode of the Choir Room. You can follow us at Choir Room Pod on Twitter. Follow us individually at Amon Adwin. Matt is at Matt Ligori. Make sure that you are leaving us star ratings and reviews so that we can lead, read them aloud on the show. Anything else, Matt? That's it. This was a great episode. I'm glad. I, again, I'm very happy to finally get to a zero slushy episode. I, I've been waiting so long for it and watching this one. I knew that it was it. So uh, lots, lots of more good stuff to come. Some good stuff, some eh stuff uh, for season three, but I'm excited for, for all of it. So hope you guys are enjoying. Thanks for listening. Thanks for reviewing. Joe X. Oh yeah. Joe's coming soon. Oh, it's the Valentine's Day episode. <laughs> Which means if I give it to Ricky and then give it to Joe in the next one, I will have made it 13 episodes. 
Um, Alright, well yes, thank you guys so much for joining us. You know, so just hop on right over to get some Ricky Martin sexiness. And until then, we'll see you all next time.